welcome to another great episode of Murray Musings. We've got a friend of the pod on and we're happy to have her. Uh, we're going to keep it light and run down a few of the best moments of the year. Welcome to the pod, the best MC in the biz, Blair Henley. How are you doing today? Hi, guys. Good to be back. Claire, nice to meet you as, as the namesake of the name that people always think I'm saying when I say my name. So. <laughs> you know, I've had people think that I'm saying Blair when I've introduced <laughs> I, I I don't know if this is like, if you've ever had this as well, Blair, and I, I wonder if it's just something to do with my accent. But over the years I've had, when I introduce myself as Claire, I get, oh, hi, Leah. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Or, oh, hi, Sarah. Really lovely to meet you. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm just going to go with it. I've gotten Lauren. Lauren, I've gotten a few times. Lauren, um, that's weird. bizarre. Like, people just sort of hear what they want to hear. But anyway, yeah. great, great to see all of you. Great to be here. Well, as you hear, um, Claire is on and our uh, other co-host, Scott, is here with us. Scott, how are you doing today? You know what? I'm doing okay. And I would like to say, like, for once, like, Blair, like, I'm sure you're probably aware, like, I turn up late for podcast recordings all the time. Like I turn up super late, like all the time. And that is like me, I'm fumbling in late all the time. But for once, like we, 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 we came online about a half hour ago just to prepare for this episode. And I was actually here before Claire was, before Claire was, like way before, like I was here far before Claire was. And it was like a big achievement for me. It was like a huge, huge achievement for me. Like Claire, like, what yeah, so just so just for context, so I, I sent the guys a message at four minutes past eight and I said they'll be on in two minutes. Uh-huh. And I joined at ten past eight, so I was actually six minutes. Uh-huh. Um uh-huh. but I it's was I was saying I was saying goodnight to my kids. So you know You know what? That's fair. That seems reasonable. You know, like if we're gonna if we're really gonna get pedantic about times here, Scott, like okay, I was six <laughs> minutes later than I said it would be. But last Monday you said you'd be on at nine and you joined at nine forty five. <laughs> so yeah, that did take you know, place. That did take place. You know, like just I like to keep him in his place, Blair. You know, just put him back in his box. That's yeah. true. He he's he sounds like Scott has achieved the uh the the magic sauce of just setting the bar low. <laughs> That's yeah. it. So no, anything that you do, it's like congratulations. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. I'm glad Blair got me figured out already. That's literally that's literally exactly it. like any small kind of you know thing that I can do or like achieve like it's it, it's immediately escalated because nobody expects anything so yeah you see you see Blair's on to me Blair's I on love it. um <laughs> anyway should we should we get on with the episode <laughs> should we should we talk about our first topic which I do believe is going to be Andy is that right Peter is that our is that the plan yeah sure let's recap uh what Andy's been through in the past mm. few months and uh he is going to be facing Hubie Hercotch fairly soon um and that'll segue into a great uh um moment um that Mm. i had about hubie um so does somebody want to take the lead on uh talking about andy's uh last few months yeah where do we even begin and and even last uh few two weeks or so yeah for sure like i guess i guess it's best actually to turn this because we have done a few episodes obviously in the last few weeks Blair, what do you what do you what do you make of of Andy last few months? Because yeah, we we we've had you on an episode before, but we did just check that it, that was a huge month back. I'm pretty sure that was back in March, which is like ridiculous. What 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 have you made of Andy? What have you made of Andy's season? What have you uh, what, what 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 have you thought of his highs and 
uh, you know, few lows that he's had, of course. Uh, what, what, what are your general thoughts on Andy Fleury at the moment? I, I think my general thoughts are, are positive um, overall. The, it's the fact that it's becoming less like, wow, Andy won a match with a metal hip and more like, oh, how far is he going to go? Like you have legitimate expectations for him in these tournaments that he's playing. And I think that that sort of underscores the progress we've seen. Um, and mm -hmm. the fact that, again, I still find myself, for instance, when, you know, Andy plays a match like he did against Francis Tiafo, I still, there's part of myself that's like cringing, thinking like, is that like taking years off the hip? Like, yeah. can, can you, what's the mileage on, on that hip? Still makes me a little nervous, but overall, I feel like the focus has been less and less on, look at this amazing, he just loves tennis so much and more about the fact that he can actually compete against the guys at the very highest level. He hasn't had the kindest draws, uh, which no. hasn't helped him out. Um, but I, I think all signs point to we're going to see Andy next year and, and hopefully for years to come. I mean, I don't want to jinx it, but I feel like that's sort of what the past few months have signified for me. Mm -hmm. mm, definitely. No, back to back tournaments, I think, is definitely an indicator that he's physically fit and he's fighting and he's he's pushing himself towards a big season in 2022. Mm. I mean, I see, I literally see at the start of every single year, and I've, I think I've been saying this since like since like 2007, Blair. <laughs> this has been my mantra every <laughs> single year. I think this is Andy's year. This is the year he's going to win the Australian Open, <laughs> and I'm God still damn. saying it. And I, I, I will still say it on the 1st of January, 2022. <laughs> I love it. It's, it's a level of, it's a level of dedication from, uh, from the Murray fans. That, that, that's kind of dedication that we need. But like, I think, I think it's interesting what you said there, Blair, about like, um, it's less about, you know, he's just playing for like love of the game. Cause I think also like, to a certain extent, I, I feel like judging by like Andy's kind of quotes over the last like kind of few, few months, like, I think steadily he's getting to that kind of point as well a wee bit because like after kind of each match that he has you know lost like in in the tournaments that he's played he's he's now like saying him like he lost he lost like last week and said something along the lines of you know uh and you know it's not about playing well and losing anymore I don't want to do that it's all I would much rather play average and win like mm -hmm. it, it's pretty much what he said and um, so it's now like for him you know, whereas in the first few months when he was coming back, obviously everyone was like, it's just great to see him back playing. But I think even he is kind of now getting to that kind of mindset where it's like, well, no, actually, like, I'm not, yeah. I'm not just back here to like exist and take up a space, you know, on the court. Yeah, he, he actually, he actually said sports are winning business. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, it is. that's yeah. how, that's, that's totally how he sees it. It was, and I think that was after that was after his match against Sverev because mm. the reporter had said to him, oh, you know, it must be frustrating to feel you've played so well. And he was like, oh, I don't think I played well. He's so critical of himself. But I just think that's yeah. an indication of how high his expectations are mm -hmm. for himself and where he expects to to be. So, yeah, yeah I think it's a, I'm taking it as a positive. I'm, I'm not yeah. getting not going to get negative about it yeah no. I kind of love when he was walking off the court after losing to, to Zverev and he was cursing himself like into mm. his hand as he's walking mm. off the court mm. to yeah. me I mean listen I, that's that's sort of Andy's way like some players I'd be like oh 
you know, I maybe, maybe let's lift, let's lift it. Let's make it a little bit more positive. Andy obviously yeah. has proven that that is just his way, but the fact that he is freaking annoyed when he has, when he has mm. a loss or when he loses, when he feels like it was a match he could have won or played better. I think that is a good sign. Um, and I think he said at one point, you know, at the beginning of his comeback, he wasn't able to sort of problem solve on the court the way that he once was. And I think that in particular is sort of what we've seen uh, improve over the past couple of months is there's just been a little more ability to problem solve in, in real time um, and to use all the tools in his toolbox. Um, and it's, it's certainly fun to watch. So I'm loving it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I, I think it is about the draws now, isn't it? Like, uh, it's, it's, it's what you were saying, Blair, but you know, he's not, he's not other kind of draw. What is this? Like the third time he's going to be yeah. playing it would be our cat. Yeah. <laughs> not <laughs> ideal. Not ideal. Um, and before that, I'm already right thinking he hadn't played him at all. Like, and now he's played him like three times. This is the third um, time. Yeah. 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 He's uh, uh, third you know, time's but, a charm, right? I mean, right. Like that's I what we all that's, said. That's yeah. what we would like to imagine, right? That's what we'd like to imagine. But I think it's also like, yeah. I mean, I said I was like, and he would absolutely like. Hate, hate it if he lost three times in a row to a player like the first time playing it, right? Like yeah. I'm not sure yes. would that will that have ever happened to Andy? Like maybe like if you went way back, maybe against like Rafael Nadal early on and stuff like that, maybe. But like he really will not want that on his record, right? Right? Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Like like yeah. I just like that that for Andy will great on him if it happens, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, I feel like he'll he now that he's played him twice and he was he, he was well beaten against him in the first the, the first match they played. It came a little bit closer more recently mm-hmm. in, in, in their second match. And I think this time round he will have a much better idea of what he needs to do to win. He'll he'll have watched Hubby's game yeah. obsessively. Mm-hmm. And I think he'll go in with like quite a strategic game plan. I mean, I'm hoping he will. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, he's just going to come out firing with his forehand. I'll, I'll tell you he'll what. When, when, see, when I was watching the draw, as soon as they got to like they filled up that first half, and I saw Hubby's name at the the top of the second, I was like, it's going to be Andy, one hundred percent. It's going to be Andy's name getting drawn here. <laughs> And then it was, and I was like, this, is this a fix? You know, like you see them, they're sitting at the table, shuffling the little counters <laughs> up. They're like, is there something marked? Is there like a little gold star in one of those counters? <laughs> like, that's Andy Murray there. Conspiracy theories out here, Claire, like, <laughs> oh, but, um, The thing is, like, this this episode will likely come out, like, after that match, right? This, you know what? Like, if this episode comes out in the middle of the week, are we all, like, is he gonna? Is he gonna like? Is he gonna win? Is he gonna win his first few matches? Is he's gonna is he win. still gonna be. I, I think okay. he's gonna win tomorrow. I do. Yeah. Come on, Blair. Um, be yeah, honest. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. If Blair, Blair and Claire say it. There yeah. we go. We sure do. If we say it, it's gotta be true. It's gonna be happening, right? It's gonna be happening. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. Okay. So we'll uh, we'll we'll hope for the best on that. We'll hope for the best on that. And um, Blair, you 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 mentioned I think before we recorded like um 
you had the opportunity like a few months back to like interact with Andy a wee bit and like chat with him a little bit more. Can you take us through? Can you take us through that and uh, explain a little bit about that? And how how was he? How was he? How was he doing? Yeah. Well, the backstory. So in Cincinnati, we I, I was extremely fortunate. And really, I've been extremely fortunate since I started traveling again this year um, back in July. And even before that, you know, I was able to do some things with players in quarantine back in Australia. I feel like I, you know, compared to a lot of my journalist friends who have who are still at a lot of places shut out of the media room, which hurts my heart. I have been fortunate to whether it's been on court interviews or in Cincinnati, for instance, we had over 40 players come through over the course of three days. And so having that face to face interaction um, for what I do, uh, there's no replacement for it. Um, and, And I appreciate it so much because there is, you know, it is like, hey, it's really great to see you. And and I sort of get that back a lot of the time and they could be just saying it to be nice, but I do feel like there is, you know, same thing at the U.S. Open. We had people present in the media room. I did a little story on this for uh, Tennis Magazine. I'm not sure. I'm trying to remember which issue it's in, but just the fact that, you know, when Daniil walked in the media room, it was like, oh, hey, people, great to see you guys. <laughs> same thing. Novak had the same reaction when he walked in, like, great to see you guys back. Um, and so there is it's nice to be talking to someone in person. It's also nice because when you have an ask, like you want to do mean tweets, that is really hard to convey to a tour rep who has to convey it to an agent who has to convey it to the player. And a lot of times by the time you hit those stops, the answer is no. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I, in, in that particular situation, we had other things that we were sort of doing with each player that came through. But with Andy, I had this idea in my back pocket back in January when he was supposed to come to the Delray Beach Open, because I was thinking this is the perfect place to do it. Delray is so laid back. Um, Andy has the sense of humor to do mean tweets. I, I think it's going to, you know, it could be great. And then he doesn't come to Delray. And so I have this entire folder and guys, the hours that I spent scouring the internet for these tweets, because you don't, I didn't want it to be mean. Don't, you don't want it to be yeah. obscene. You don't, there, yeah. there's like a very small sweet spot of tweets that would work for mean tweets in the way that I wanted to do it. Cause some of the ones, like even some of the ones on the late night shows, I'm like, that's just like a little too brutal for, for me. Yeah. Um, but you know, I feel like you know, saying for three pounds a day, you can give this poor Scottish boy a comb that he so desperately needs. Like that's like the sweet spot, right? Um, yes. I so yeah. When I found that one, I'm I'm you know sitting in my bed with my computer, like chuckling to myself. But anyway, I had this whole mm. folder of tweets, um, and I honestly just didn't know if this was going to be something that the tour was going to allow me to even try because we have we really have to put sort of everything or most things on paper for them but this is where seeing a player in person is so incredibly valuable because I did not put that idea on my list of ideas I had it all in hand and I said to Andy I was like you know this wasn't on the list apologies for that wink wink uh I I just wanted to see and if you're not comfortable with it that's totally fine I don't know if you've ever seen mean tweets but the idea is I have some for you to read. You would read them and then react to the camera. And when I tell you guys there was no hesitation, it's like, oh, absolutely. And I 
my apologies to Omar, the ATP rep in Cincinnati. He was white as a sheet. <laughs> like this was not part of the plan. Um, but also props to Omar because Andy said yes. He let us go through it. And then I told Omar afterward, I'm like, Omar, I know you're panicking. I am going to send, I'm going to email Andy's agent, Matt. I'm going to make sure we get this through all the appropriate channels. It's not going to go out if anybody has a, an objection to it. Um, so long story short, you guys know the end of it. Andy crushed it. It was hysterical, yes. ran it by yeah. his agent. They were all for it. Um, but it's a good example of how it helps to be there in person because to try to make, uh, to try to do something creative or make an ask that just requires a little bit of like finessing, um, it's hard to do when you can't see the person in person. Um, it's just the, the nonverbal stuff and, and, you know, the hope that you can make the player comfortable in those situations, it goes a long way. So I was very thankful to be there in person. I was, I was so happy to get the mean tweets done and funny, funny story. I guess Felix was sort of walking up as we were wrapping up the mean tweet segment. Mm -hmm. And he said to the ATP rep, like, is he, is he doing mean tweets? Like, can I do mean tweets? Uh, <laughs> so, but this Aww. is, you know, which is adorable. I'm like, Felix, I don't know that I could, I mean, I feel like a lot of the Felix mean tweets would, would reference his record in finals. And I'm like, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I've seen a few. Right. Uh, but I, I think it just goes to show and, and funny enough in, I believe it was in Indian Wells, they did sort of the ATP did a version of mean tweets. Um, they had, of course they did. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so I'm glad that I could, you know, trudge through the red tape so other people could run. Uh, and, and, but you know what, it's a win to me, that is a win all around because I, it, you know, as soon as you find that the players are cool with it, it really does sort of take the weight off and you, you know, you think, okay, well it's worth the ask. And that's kind of my philosophy in my job is I am not afraid to ask. I've gotten a lot of no's in my life, but I, it has not prevented me from being absolutely shameless <laughs> in the questions that I ask of people. So, um, so anyway, that was a lot of talking to say, Andy was an absolute delight. And what's so funny uh, while we're on the Andy topic, cause I could talk about I have a lot to say about about this. Bye, so bye. that was, I think, I think Mean Tweets was our highest performing produced video, but it may have gotten upstage. I don't know what the final numbers were, but I think the video of him squeegeeing the courts in oh, that was amazing. might have actually been our highest viewed video, which is so typical, right? Like you go through so much effort. Like I feel like I'm breaking like international <laughs> ATP law by doing by doing mean tweets with Andy Murray. And then the highest performing video we have is the dude squeegeeing the court. So you just <laughs> never know. Uh, but I do, I will say, as I said last time, if Andy could be at every tournament, we would just break our numbers records every, every time year over year. So I definitely appreciate the boost he gives all of our social content. Uh, that's great. Like the thing is like, I remember, like I remember watching the video and like he was, like and I remember I genuinely remember watching it. Like he looks so comfortable doing that. Like 
it, it was the one where it was like, oh, he doesn't have something like he doesn't like smile or something like yeah. that. Class mm-hmm. one, like he doesn't smile at all. Mm-hmm. And like, but literally reading it and smiling and laughing about yeah. it because he was like laughing after everyone. So he was clearly like super comfortable doing something like that. And like, it, it's one of those things where it's like, of all the players to do like mean tweets, Andy Murray is like a perfect one to do because yeah. he's like hugely self-deprecating anyway. Correct. Um, and like massively self-deprecating. So like he would be uh, like, of, of course, like totally, totally mm-hmm. makes sense. Like he would be totally up for it. And like, yeah, I can imagine some of the tweets that you must have went through and be like, yeah, eh, maybe not that one. He's, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he doesn't take himself seriously though, which is great, you know, for things like that. I mean, yes. m- my favourite, well, one of my favourites, there was so many in that one, but one of my favourites was the, you know, Andy Money's never going to achieve anything. He needs to change his attitude if he wants to do anything. And he was like, well, I've won three slams. So, as soon as he said that, so that the that was the last one in the video. That's how we closed it. But as that was not the last one that we did in real time. But as soon as he said that, I was like, "That's our close. That's our yeah. end right there." Like, there's no better mic drop than that. Oh, such a boss move! Like one one thing, and I don't want to like totally segue off Andy in, in case in case, like just in case anybody wants to comment on it. But one thing that I was saying to like um, both Peter and Claire, like uh, before we started recording, was one thing I did want to ask you was about these kind of like light-hearted videos that uh, that 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 you that you've been that you've been putting out. Like, um, I think was it? Now I, I really don't want to get it wrong. Was it your video with the? Was it Jordan Thompson and was it Jack Sock heading with wooden tennis rackets? Is that right? It was yeah, right? Jack and Stevie. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, yeah, yep. and it's like videos like that that are like, um, like kind of like so kind of like, uh, like light-hearted, like short videos like that. And I'm just wondering, like, what, like, like what your thoughts were on like how important they are, and just generally like showing like different sides of players. Like, obviously, we all know that Andy's quite a kind of self-deprecating person, yep. but like, it, it, like a video like that is just so like beneficial. As you say, it does like super well in view. So yeah, I was just wondering like your thoughts on kind of like putting out like small like bursts of content like that yeah it's a good question you know I have I I've been sort of personally torn about those sorts of things because I Mm. love doing them I also like the more serious side of things I, I like to do both and I think there's you know in my job is I don't necessarily want to be like the person similar to that Andy doesn't want to be the voice of the ATP or whatever the voice of reason I don't necessarily want to be you know, the person who only does the the silly things, but I will tell you, I have a huge passion for a being creative and doing something different. Um, and sometimes tennis is like the last, like other sports have done said different things and tennis is sort of the last to get there. Um, and it, I'm thankful for sort of this point in my career where I've done it long enough that maybe I've built up some level of trust with the gatekeepers, um, mm-hmm. which which is definitely a gift at this point. That's not to say everybody says yes to me, but <laughs> but it, it certainly helps. But I I have such a passion for helping people see different sides of the players, and I've I've mm-hmm. said it before. But to me, it's it's that sort of thing that makes fans for a lifetime. It's yep. not you know it's it's rarely. Like the aesthetics of the tennis and the ability, the the you know Rafa is just the ultimate competitor, and that is what draws so many people in for him. Mm. He's he. 
I would say is, is a rarity in, in that sense. I, I think most people follow their favorites because of reasons other than I love their forehand or I love their backhand or I love the way that they compete. Um, and I would say it's funny, as I was saying that, I think probably the competitive side maybe draws people in more than the, the technical side. But either way, I, I just I want to show the multi-facets of these humans that we all yeah. love to watch on the tennis courts. Um, and I think that it helps people, you know, get on the bandwagon for life, which is, which is cool and something I'm extremely passionate about. So uh, it's, I will say though, it's tough to continue thinking of ideas. <laughs> like the idea, I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like my gears are just like grinding, like what new and different thing uh, can I do, especially in COVID. Um, I'm actually heading to uh, Billie Jean King Cup on Thursday. They had, I actually didn't do any of the brainstorming for that. I was sort of, you know, given the things that I'm going to help sort of administer and the questions I'm going to ask. Um, and a lot of that is because they still are under, they still have restrictions. Um, we still have things, the creative things are still hard to do at this point because they're, you just don't, you just have to make sure you're, following the rules, um, which I certainly appreciate, but it doesn't, it doesn't make my job any easier. So, um, but yeah, if you guys ever have any creative ideas, maybe I should start like a, you know, a crowdsourcing idea. Uh, that'd be fun. Idea. Like yeah. a little yeah. suggestion box, Blair suggestion <laughs> box. No, I would no, like to see you do, I would like um, you to see you do something lighthearted with Aslan Karatsev because he's oh, the most somber person yes. in the world. Are you ready? Are you ready for this? So I, we had, because we were sort of piggybacking in Cincinnati off the USTA, we had more content than we could churn out. Um, the one thing that I wanted to get out before Karatsev lost in Cincinnati was my conversation with him because he could not have been lovelier like was the biggest surprise of my 42 players that came through. He was lovely and he oh, smiled. Really? I yes. love that. He even, he even gave me a smile to camera um, because yes, because I was hoping again, we had so much that we couldn't, maybe I'm blowing, blowing my scoop here because maybe we can use it next year in Cincinnati. But <laughs> I, that was like the one thing that I was like, shoot, we didn't get the Karatsev video out there because he was, super nice and and Aww. and just really great he's not is he like I'm trying to think of of someone who would be the opposite end of the spectrum um I mean you know Felix is always just the loveliest smiliest couldn't yeah. be nicer uh and mm. and yeah, Krautsev was super nice. He's not, I wouldn't say he's bubbly. I think that's probably the, the qualifier. Well, not I, can, I cannot imagine him being bubbly <laughs> oh, at yeah. all. <laughs> no, but very, but very pleasant and very agreeable. And you could tell like he has not been around long enough to do a lot of what we were doing in Cincinnati. Like he has not sat, come and sat down, been one of the people to come sit down for media day many times because even you know, even this year, his breakout year, there's still been so many restrictions that, that he hasn't had that at every tournament. So I'm like, he's still so fresh, <laughs> fresh and new, like a little baby interview. He's very, very sweet. I love it. Aww. A little baby interview. Yes. So you said, uh, just talking about how players can be multifaceted. Mm -hmm. um, I want to go back to um, one of the most famous uh, things that you've done to help uh, Dennis Shapovalov's career 
how do you feel about helping launch his rap career and his song? <laughs> did I though? I don't know. I don't know if I did. <laughs> Um, so Blair, it's your fault that happened. Um, listen, I am a and a chef of all of rap stan for the rest of my life. I, uh -huh. I owe him. I owe him that for sure. Um, uh -huh. But you guys know how I feel about this. I think players who go out on a limb and do something different—they are like yes. heroes in my book. It's mm. especially in the age of social media. It's hard to be different. Um, uh -huh. You know, like, especially when you're in the public eye, because there are always people waiting to be like, can't believe he did that. But I love that he did it. You know, I think I just appreciate it a lot. Um, mm -hmm. And sort of since then, the fact that pretty much every time I see him, our conversation somehow ends with music. Um, mm -hmm. And he loves, you know, I'm trying to remember, US Open. My last question to him, I don't know if you guys remember, Bianca was asked during media day by the little kid reporter, mm. um, who's the best Canadian rapper, Drake or Dennis? And Bianca was like, I mean, it's hard to compete with Drake, but honestly, like, have you heard what Dennis has done? Like, he's pretty good. Like, I like Dennis. And I love that answer. It was, it was not, it was it was good natured, but she wasn't like joking. Like no. it was, there was a clear appreciation for what he's done uh, in the musical space. But I asked him on court, you know, I, I said, Hey, you know, during media day, your, your countrywoman Bianca was asked this question and he didn't even let me finish. He's like, well, me, of course, like, of course I'm the best Canadian rapper. <laughs> um, so he, as much as I was so worried at first that I like somehow helped subject him to this online mm. ridicule, he has leaned into it. He genuinely loves it. He told me in Cincy, like, I don't know, he's got his Miami peeps. He's, there are collabs in the works. There are, you know, nice. I mean, things are happening. This is not, this is not a, as much as we sort of, you know, chuckle, it is not a joke to him. He is going yeah. for it. And yeah. The drip is kind of catchy, guys. I'm not There's going There's one song, yeah, that's, that's not that bad. <laughs> Um, but if I can go back to uh, Hubie um, for a mm -hmm. second. Sure. Um, so I got the opportunity to go to Indian Wells this year. Um, and, Peter, who, who and, does not know that? Side note. Yes. Everyone knows because you were like <laughs> second to Lawanda. You were the breakout star. Absolutely. <laughs> it was the main character for a few days. I, I, I have to admit it was not bad. Yeah, you, um, you were Lawanda's opening act, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, yes. you were, you were the, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was one of her first selfies, so yeah. Um, so, anywho, um, so uh, Andy was practicing with, I believe it was Millman first. Um, I think it was maybe even the second day of uh, the tournament. Um, and then uh, Jamie Delgado was like, hey, uh, just to me, because I was one of the few people that were watching his practice in um, a corner of the court um, that he's going to be practicing with Hubie uh, next. And so I was like, okay, that's cool. And so I came back an hour later and Andy throws up a peace sign at me, just like nodding at me. And I'm just like with my glasses, just nodding to him. And I'm just really cool, calm, collected. <laughs> having my sunglasses on in tennis paradise. Um, and so to get to the point, um, Craig Boynton 
uh, Hubie, her coach's coach, um, was practicing volleys with uh, Hubie for a little while um, while uh, Andy was just resting. And Craig, like, pretty much hit and just punched a volley straight at Hubie's crotch. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's just a really fun moment <clears throat> that I love to see. And obviously, love to in see retrospect, it. I, I just love to see it. <laughs> Um, seeing that uh, he's going to face uh, Hubie um, for the third time. And maybe so maybe Craig Sydney. could do that to him tomorrow before the match starts. Yeah. Can I, can I, can I just say, Excuse <laughs> me. like, Peter, when you're telling that story, like, you always got, Blair had no idea how that story was going to I, <laughs> I had no clue. It took a hard right turn at the yeah. end. Andy's throwing me a peace sign and then all of a sudden we're in a completely different scratch territory that's yeah you um, know what like, you get you get all sorts here I, that's what you get from me <laughs> I love it I love it well uh side note on on Hubie who is you know also I would say pretty much beloved um mm -hmm. in the in the social space very very well liked I was in Del Rey which is kind of the start to his fantastic year um which he won and I still am regretting the fact that I asked as a former gymnast which Hubie is mm -hmm. I asked him if he would be up for giving me a cartwheel he declined. <laughs> uh, I love it. Like, do you want to do a cartwheel? No. Yeah, no. I could no. just see him go. He's so no. to be a gymnast, though. Yes. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I have other gymnast questions. I will say Hubie is a little tougher to sort of like pull things out of. Um, uh -huh. As delightful okay. as he is, he it's you just sort of have to do a little digging and hope that he will tolerate the digging um, because he just is, he's not verbose in those interview situations uh, for the mm -hmm. most part. Um, and it just sort of sticks to the basics, which is fine. Uh, but that's mm -hmm. why you ask for things like, you know, cartwheel, maybe, maybe he's willing, <laughs> maybe he's willing. Anyway, the fact that he was not, I have lamented that so many times this year, because as you know, each week he does, he has done, you know, then a little lull sort of in the, um, beginning of the clay season, he has had a fantastic year. And each time I'm like, if only I had a Hubie cartwheel gift, my year would have been complete. Um, but Craig Boynton matches Hubie in just kind, friendly, yep. warm. I mean, they are like equal. They're like the perfect mm. match in that sense. And I feel really? like, but Craig also... Hubie to me has a little bit of a, there's a little bit of a naivete, a little bit. Uh, and I don't know if that's the case with him off the court. That's just sort of how it comes across. And I feel like mm -hmm. Craig, as nice as he is, has been around for a long time and is able to sort of help a player mature in, in just sort of feeling out life on tour. Um, so mm -hmm. I feel like they are such an awesome match. I could not love Craig more. Um, I don't know anyone who has anything bad to say about either one of them so yeah. that was speaking that was one of my favorite uh, social I know we're not doing a true countdown but one of my favorite <laughs> no. social uh, moments this year I was not involved in it I just happened to see it in an ATP video it was Hubie walking out onto the court or maybe Hubie was hitting and Millman was walking out I can't remember but anyway John is like 
Hubie, like nice legs. Um, and, 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 uh, Hubie was like, you know, just, just focus on the ball, Johnny, uh, focus on what you're doing. Uh, but it was just like such a cute moment that sort of shows that the players have, you know, there's just like a little back and forth and, and he is, nice I, I feel like generally beloved, uh, which is, you know, always a plus. We like the happy things, you know? Yeah. 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 I was standing well, with a longtime friend of, uh, Craig's. Um, and so, uh, of course, he was like, CB is doing such a great job with UB. And after he hit him in the crotch, I was like, good job, Craig. Boys on a tennis court will be boys. That is, is I've, seen, I've seen that a time or a thousand uh, uh-huh. <laughs> on, on the tennis court. So it's good, good to keep uh, yeah. it fun. Keep the same high. Uh, while 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 we're talking about uh, about about Peter wandering around uh, Cincinnati, um, what uh, what what did you make of the uh, uh, Andy losing his shoes uh, at uh, at at the tournament play? What uh, what were your thoughts on that and uh, his eventual you know discovery of them again? And then um, and then our our our, our colleague here Peter uh, going yeah uh, you know getting a little bit of a little bit of a you know, celebrity push by uh, by judy by queen judy Murray, of course uh, on twitter what, what what were your thoughts on that situation generally <laughs> well guys i don't think i've told you this before but in another life i was meant to be either a private investigator or an investigative journalist like give me the sleuth hat and the magnifying glass because uh-huh. i have questions about uh-huh. this shoe loss i would have if I were there, I was sadly not in Indian Wells this year. But if I were, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I feel like there was more to this story, and I wanted to know what <laughs> who. I mean, somebody got in trouble. I I just there. I have so many questions. Um. So yes, that's what I make of that. Is is somebody clearly did something <laughs> they should not have done, and I, I don't I don't know. It's more the question of would you have. I mean, they had to have gotten caught on the security camera because yeah. otherwise, if you're if you're a if you were an employee, for instance, who took them and thought, huh, random shoes in the parking lot, uh, <laughs> and and then heard this whole thing comes out, I don't. I mean, I like to think I would have been like, it was me, uh, but I <laughs> I think I might have just like sunk into the wall and pretended it didn't happen. So that's why I'm thinking somebody got caught on the cameras. <laughs> just just plant them in lost and fade. I was thinking about it. Like I, I wonder if the person who took them has like just thought, oh, there's a couple of pairs of stinking weight trainers. And afterwards realized the wedding ring's been on there and been like, oh shit, what do I do? Like yeah. this is clearly going to turn into something massive. Like because right. you they, they probably wouldn't have noticed that at first. <laughs> and then maybe maybe I or maybe I'm just being too kind and giving them the benefit of the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they've probably been like, oh my god, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna yeah. do? I've literally stolen yeah. Andy Money's wedding ring. <laughs> right. Uh so Yes, I'm glad he got them back. I love again. I mean, that story like pretty much went viral. Uh, and as I mean, Andy can literally make anything go viral. It is it is. I mean, it's really kind of fascinating. Like he, I would say, he is. I mean, second to Roger, I would say, 
in terms of anything he says is made into something massive. Um, I think he is the big two, uh, if you're ranking them as far as that is concerned. I love uh, it. I can do that. Yeah, there you go. Uh, the odor eaters uh, handoff. I, in, I'm leaving my private investigator hat on and I have questions for you, Peter. Uh-huh. <laughs> At what point did you have the idea has this already been hashed out? I don't want to go through territory that you've already discussed, but like- yeah, well, I I said to Claire and Scott um, oh. off the record, okay. there is a larger story about that. Um, so I guess I'll admit it. Um, <laughs> here it comes. Here so it comes. I they wanted were yours. To demo, huh? Yes. What? So I wanted to demo the tennis rackets uh, from Tennis Warehouse um, that they were having on site. And I noticed that my shoes weren't great. And so I had two other shoes. And I was like, let me get um, some uh, Dr. Scholl's for one of my uh, pairs of shoes because it was just, it it was a mess. Um, And so uh, those were the ones that I was uh, using um, to walk around the whole entire tournament um, and then I was like maybe I need to get odor eaters um, so I got those and then the next morning I wake up to all this news about Andy um, and <laughs> so I was like well here I am I <laughs> just took a picture of him and I was like I need to give these to him and so yes truth be told um, they were actually for me but I mean I worded it in so many different tweets and uh messages I was like I'm going to give them to him I didn't buy them for him is the wording that I did not use got it um so yeah I think in a way that's an even more thoughtful gift because you sacrificed the smell of your own trainers for Andy Murray yeah what what a story and then in terms of the actual handoff were there a ton of people there so it was roped off um but with how I was at the tournament I'll just say that um I was able to um just say hey to Andy and access more of the practice court um for the whole entire time like Andy was practicing throughout that week um and so that was a blessing um and so I waved uh him down after I asked Shane I was like Shane um do you think that he'll uh like these and he was like yeah he'll like them and uh Andy's just sitting on the bench as you know how um Indian Wells practice courts are um just farther away um from the gate and uh he was like okay like what am I supposed to be getting and I was like they're odor eaters and he was like okay so he just jogs up and was like okay here you go and he was like thanks and uh I was like can I take a picture of you with them and he was like yeah yeah so it was all in good humor so Uh, yeah well done getting the photo well yeah. done. Uh, such a such it's one of my favorite stories. It right? really is. When, the, the whole the whole thing is just absolutely amazing. And I said yeah. this to Peter before as well. It's like how happy Andy looks in the picture yes. as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it's not like it's been forced upon him and he's like, oh, <coughs> go again, but like he's actually genuinely delighted with this. And I yeah. bet you he wore them. I bet you he wore them. I bet you did too, yeah. I yeah. guarantee you. I guarantee you wore them about the house. <coughs> um, <coughs> excuse me. But uh, yeah. 
Um, but anyways, anyways, uh, that's uh, that, that that's been Andy the past the past wee while. Um, but like what one of the things I was wondering, like what kind of like um, what 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 are your kind of like standout moments of like the last like season like the last you know few months generally speaking like in yeah. the world of tennis like what uh what stands out to you like um the most like what are what what are like the key things like key key news bulletins of the last few months for you Ooh, um are we talking in sort of my realm the the behind the scenes player realm or are we talking on court <laughs> We're talking about whatever you, whatever, oh. whatever, 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 whatever you want to offer us in terms of behind the scenes. Behind the scenes would I mean, be great. Where behind the scenes is always good, uh, but whatever, whatever you want to offer us. Well, I'm just sort of mentally starting at the beginning of my year, which was uh, okay. Delray Beach, and I tweeted about it, but I was standing right there when um, my friend Charlie Fox, who uh, is the head of Sift Creative, who does a lot of the, the video work for the ATP, when he asked, you know, he was asking every player who came through, who do you think is going to have a big year in 2021? And I was there when he was talking to Cam Nori. And when oh, nice. Cam's answer was, I'm going to bet on myself. Like, why not me, essentially? Uh, and I thought that was like such a ballsy answer at the time. And I, it was kind of, it was a little unexpected, right? Because mm. Cam is very sort of mild mannered he is there are some personalities on tour who i'd be like mm. yeah of course they answered that doesn't surprise me i was a little surprised uh, in the moment mm. and yeah like not apologetic just like yeah i i bet on myself and he i believe made the semifinals in del rey and and mm. gosh the guys had what i mean he's might be in turin for all we know um yeah. So that was a really cool moment that stands out for me mm. in Del Rey. Um, another another thing, <laughs> Del Rey behind the scenes we did. Uh, I'm hoping I'm hoping we'll one day see the light of day, sort of as a like this this was this was where we were sort of mentally in terms of of COVID protocols. But mm. I really wanted to do like a fake infomercial about Huggers Anonymous uh, because. <laughs> Francis Tiafo is he just can't help himself just no. can't help himself he just loves loves a good hug so he was sort of the star of the video I won't give the whole thing away in case it ever does see the light of day uh but that that was a highlight for me <laughs> filming uh, our huggers anonymous video it was still a little bit sensitive at the time I was like this I feel like I could get in trouble for this <laughs> because <laughs> at the time it was like ee, i mean can we joke about hugging at this point i don't know if we can um but anyway hopefully one day uh that will that will surface uh and then i mean on the women's side i feel i i did i worked uh, on the social team for roland garros and so it's very interesting and you know normally i'm doing mostly producing and hosting uh it's very interesting to be fully in the social media space and i feel like you sort of get a feel for the full scope of the event more so than you do in any other job in tennis because you have to follow everything that's happening on the court but you also see sort of the reactions in real time and you see the feedback uh, on social media in real time uh Watching Barbara Krejcikova do what she did at Roland Garros was one of the most mind-boggling things. I would have said maybe the most mind-boggling of the year until 
Emma Raducanu. Gorgeous. But that it was, it was unbelievable. And speaking to her since, you know, speaking to her in Cincinnati, I have never met a player who seems more surprised by her success, but oh, wow. then who continues to perform at the very highest there, there's no, you know, she's been since that breakthrough, she's been rock solid pretty much uh, other than I think yeah. fatigue sort of got in the way for her later on in the season. Uh, mm-hmm. But you expect like with Emirata Kanu, even she in, in talking to her at the U S open, she was, if there was surprise, it came from the, I can't believe so many people want to cheer for me, but there wasn't necessarily surprise in terms of her level of play. Uh, and I feel like Barbara is like, I just can't, you know, she's sitting in front of me in Cincinnati after she won the gold medal uh, in double. I just can't even believe it. I don't even have the words to describe it. Just like can't even fathom it. Um, so that it, it was interesting to sort of watch that happen in real time, uh, doing social media for Roland Garros and then to sort of see her later on in the summer and see that she's like still incredulous. Uh, I found that in terms of like a sports psychology uh realm i found that very interesting uh to watch um oh gosh what else um another thing that randomly this all my stuff is going to be super random but that's right we love another thing that randomly stood out to me at roland garros was that alejandro davidovich pina is my winner for the most gifable on or GIF. Well, I know it's I know it's GIF. I just can't bring myself to say GIF. Um, is it uh, GIF? Because I say GIF as well. It's technically GIF. Uh, but GIF GIF is like a cleaning product, right? It's, <laughs> it's um it's also a peanut butter here in the states. Um, but <laughs> I <laughs> so anyway, I he was he had that great run. He hasn't he hasn't been great since Roland Garros. Uh, but he had that great run in Paris and. I just asked to be on every one of his matches because he was just like a gift machine. Um, these are the weird things that you may, you don't really <laughs> may not notice as a fan, but when you're working in various jobs in tennis, there, there are weird players who you come to love for very weird reasons. And he was mm-hmm. one. I'm like, he just keeps the content coming. I love it. <laughs> um, I love watching him play. That's fantastic. Yeah. Is a just like machine I, for that. He's a, yeah. a little, a, just a little off the, the rocker sometimes and works, works well in the social space. Um, yeah. Let's see, I'm kind of moving on, moving on in the timeline. Newport, um, what happened in Newport? Kevin Anderson uh, was incredible. And that was also the breakout tournament for Jensen Brooksby. Mm. And y'all, the... Yeah. I am fascinated. Uh, I was fascinated in Newport by him, and I remain just enthralled by the way he plays, his mm-hmm. mentality on the court, uh, his ability to sort of pick people apart, and they don't really know what's happening. Um, but kind of the first moment where I was like, huh, I kind of li- I like what I'm seeing here. He had, I believe it was his semifinal match against, um, semifinal or quarterfinal match against Jordan Thompson in Newport and things, and Jordan's a little salty on court. And I think mm-hmm. he would, he would admit that he's, he's, he's a little salty. Uh, but Jensen is like, kind of like reminiscent of like Florida juniors for me. Like there's a li- mm-hmm. there's a lot of like fist pumping in the direction of the opponent. Uh, there's a lot of doing this to the crowd, um, which 
in Newport, it's it's not a big place. <laughs> so yeah. it's it, it kind of, I was like, oh, wow, he's riling up the crowd in Newport. Didn't think I'd see that. Um, but I think it's got a little chippy between Jordan and Jensen. And Jensen was just not at all faced. Just kind of, like, I feel like some players might like to put on the front that they are, you know, going to be in your face, mm-hmm. whatever. But then when it comes back, might not, you know, it might fluster them or whatever it is, especially if you're, you know, you're playing in your first ever grass court event. Um, mm-hmm. But he handled it great uh, and, and just sort of like leaned into it. And it just made me think at that moment, like, okay, I, this kid, there is no imposter syndrome at all here. He thinks he belongs. He had, he does not fear. He has not had any fear against any of these guys he's faced, even though he's doing all of this for the first time. Um, so it was, it was kind of interesting to watch the breakthrough and then to see what he did the rest of the year. And, you know, yeah. before he played Novak at the U S open, I think mm-hmm. I tweeted, he's going to drive Novak crazy. And mm-hmm. I got just jumped on. <laughs> yeah, I, can imagine. I can imagine you did. <laughs> uh, but listen, he still has a long way to go. I mean, as everybody was saying at the U S open, once more eyes were on him is serve there there's room to grow and that's why i think he had he does have the potential to be like really really good because there are some pretty clear technical holes and areas for improvements and so you think okay if if somebody can can work with him and and kind of iron out some of those things i think he's going to be he's he's going to be really annoying for a lot of players because it's it's it was who was it Jesse Pagula maybe who compared Jensen to Sonia Kennan and I can so see it because it's there's nothing spectacular when you're watching him play and when you're on the other side of the net you know there's there's nothing that's going to blow you off the court but it's just like a slow death I think I I, to somebody I I liken it to like the frog in the boiling water um so anyway so all of that to say, huge, huge fan of Jensen. And that was sort of the standout thing for me uh, in Newport. And then, um, gosh, Cincinnati, I feel like we've sort of beaten that horse to death. I've told you all my <laughs> um, Andy was my highlight uh, there for sure. But watching, uh, I mean, the U.S. Open, guys, like I know you heard everyone say it. This is like the coolest slam that that the, the most high level. And it, it was it was. I mean, the energy and I, and obviously there was some of that because fans were back and there was sort of like a base level appreciation for the fact that we were watching professional tennis that we maybe don't always have. Uh, but it was such a fun event. And my single highlight from the U.S. Open of a great U.S. Open was Botic van de beating Diego Schwartzman on a... <laughs> Lewis Armstrong Stadium on it. It was raining. And so everybody was in Armstrong. Mm. Uh, Diego, as you know, has an incredibly vocal fan base uh, everywhere he goes. So people were like invested in this match uh, yes. for Diego. And by the end, though, people were uh, nobody. I mean, I shouldn't say no one. My guess is that very few people there knew who Botic was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Did I say Botich before? I meant Botic, obviously. Um, but but 
very few people knew who he was. And by the end, everybody was like, I mean, the appreciation, everyone stayed for his post-match interview. Uh, everybody was actually like paying attention. I'm normally, I feel like it's so, it's hard to even hear because everybody's talking, uh, but it was such a cool moment. Um, I don't know how he was still standing, but he signed autographs until we kicked him off the court. Uh, it was just a, it was just a really cool, unusual moment. And as, as you all know, if you don't know by now, I like the unusual yeah. moments. Um, and that was the cool one for me. So, uh, yeah, so there, there's that. I mean, I feel like that's a pretty solid list. That's I will, a, yeah, yeah, that's a big break. <laughs> one, one more quick one uh, before, because I'm probably making you guys go over time. Um, but I, I, I love this stuff. I was at Labor Cup. Andre Rublev being the breakout star of Labor Cup. Yes. Is overdue. Uh, he has been, uh, he is undercover in his humor. He's hilarious. Um, it, it's almost like he doesn't actually know that he is, but he is. Um, he just has a great sense of humor. And to see him not only be appreciated by his teammates, but also by the fans. I mean, each player after they won, each player held the Labor Cup and sort of hoisted it to the crowd. By far, the loudest ovation was for Andre Rublev. Um, and oh, that's nice. that. Really yeah, that's very cute. <laughs> very cool. All right, that's my wrap, guys. That was that was way too long. I have one more yeah. event this year, so if we talk again, I can I can give you the down low on uh, Prague. But uh, we'll, we'll get that sorted. We'll get that sorted. Thanks so much for uh, for coming back in to see us, Blair. And like, you're obviously welcome back at any time. How uh, at any point? Literally. Literally, literally, just jump jump on in whenever, whatever, whatever you fancy. Just 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 drop on by. Um, so yeah, yeah, uh, I guess, I guess that's it. Yeah, that wraps up yet another episode of, uh, of Murray Musings, doesn't it? Um, we're all hopeful that when you're hearing this episode and he's like halfway through his week, uh, and he's winning matches, he's going to win the tournament, right? He's going to win the tournament. Yeah, he's going to win the tournament. We're all nodding. We all know that's going to take place. Um, so yeah, yeah. Thank you all very much for listening to yet another episode of Murray Musings, folks. Um, I've been Scott, uh, he's been Peter, she's been Claire, and that, of course, has been uh, Blair Henley. Thank you very much, Blair. And uh, yeah, Blair, one very quick thing. Uh, we've now got an outro recorded by Andy Murray himself, um, which we didn't quite mention. So yeah, Andy Murray has actually recorded our outro for all future episodes of Murray Musings. Peter made that happen. Yes, so, <laughs> cool. Pretty cool. <laughs> And it actually, is. just hearing that, Blair, I mean, that just makes all of the amazing stories that you've told just pale in comparison. Oh. <laughs> like, what a way to finish on the highest possible note. <laughs> and I am, of course, Kevin Blair, by the way. I've just loved all your stories. Oh, they've well, been great. I'm sorry yeah. for oh, I don't know how long the average Murray Musings episode was. I feel oh, like listen, this this is this is like a well good compact. Normally, if it's just yeah. three of us, we ramble. So yeah, <laughs> this we do, is we perfect. Do, we do. So Blair, come back whenever you want to like shorten episodes for us. So <laughs> thanks very much, guys. Bye. See you. Thanks, Blair. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks. Bye. Hi, I'm Andy Murray and you've been listening to the Murray Musings podcast.